everyone talks about abundance mindset and we think it's about making more money. Abundance mindset is very much also about risks, believing in yourself, having faith in your ideas. It is not just the million dollar bill, the fake million dollar bill taped to your ceiling, right? And we're like abundance and I'm thinking positive. That shit I went through is abundance mindset. Lying in bed at waking up at two in the morning going, what the fuck did I just do? Did I make the right choice? Was that my peak? Was that like my prom queen moment? Did I just walk away from the thing that was supposed to be it? But really trusting yourself. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Krimitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. I have a big secret for you. You do not have to struggle for years to create a profitable and purposeful business that you actually enjoy showing up for every day. It takes three things to create relatively fast results, clarity, focus, and intentional actions. These are the three things I continue to provide support and accountability for, for my private coaching clients, and it's work that seriously lights me up. And it gives them accountability, guidance, strategy, and massive mindset shifts along the way. If you are ready to give up the struggle and have your best year yet in the year ahead, then apply today for my one-year private coaching program. From March 2019 through March 2020, I'm working deeply with just a handful of driven, passionate, and determined women entrepreneurs who are ready to step into their greatness and finally see the results they know that they deserve. Hi, BizWomen. This is Liz Torgovnik. I'm the Chief Creative Officer of Sequence, an events agency specializing in strategic planning, production, and design. I've always been a huge fan of BizWomen Rock and was so thrilled a couple of years ago to find out that Katie was offering one-on-one coaching. I was just coming back at the time from maternity leave and needed some help getting focused on how my role had changed in sort of the months preceding and then certainly the time following my leave and just really wanted things to be a little bit different as I came back in. So I needed some tools, perspective, understanding, all of those things, and thought Katie would be a great place to start. So she not only got to know me, but she easily understood the bigger picture of my business, which was really surprising to me in such a short amount of time. I have two partners, and so I certainly have a support system there, but she was able to really focus in on my role and my niche within the business. She helped me do some basic things like taking control of my calendar, assessing the priorities, what I wanted to be doing, what I should be focusing my time on and really listened with very focused attention to other concerns as they came up as I kind of like brain dumped onto her and then looked to her to help me figure those things out. Um, We worked together on a weekly basis to start and then a little bit further apart from there. But in the years since, she's been my go-to for extra help as I needed it. She's worked with me and also my partners on some bigger picture company issues, which has been really awesome. And she continues to help me sort of cut through all the noise in my own head distill down sort of the issue at hand and focus on concrete next steps and solutions, which is just so valuable as I look to kind of take it from problem-solving stage to implementing that solution in my life, business, and with my team. So I always get so much out of the coaching and one-on-one time that I've had with Katie. 
And I can't recommend working with her enough, especially in sort of a larger group context. I think that could be really, really special. So thumbs up and good luck to everyone. To find out more about my one-year private coaching program and how it can benefit you, go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year and apply today. If I had to describe Allie Brown in one word, it would be aligned. Aligned in the sense that she deeply knows who she is, what her genius is, how she wants to give her gifts to the world, how to make a profit doing so, and completely unapologetic for the woman that she is and how she does it all. And she and I happen to believe the same core message. You are the one who gets to decide what success business, and life looks like for you. Allie Brown is one of the most recognized coaches for women entrepreneurs. She coaches seven-figure and eight-figure businesswomen and does so very strategically and joyfully through her signature coaching program, Premier, her VIP strategy days, and her workshops. But that's not what Allie's business always looked like. She earned her reputation and built a very successful business early on in the internet marketing days as a provider of online education for how to build a business. Launches, social media, courses, programs, big live events. That was what life looked like for her. And then she met her husband, Brett, and got pregnant with her twins, who are now five. And everything changed. She started realizing that the machine she had built wasn't really what brought her joy. So she started asking herself some serious questions about what her true genius was and what she really wanted her vision of success to look like. And it's been that transition that has shifted her life and her business into the behemoth woman on a big mission that it is now. During this incredible conversation, Allie shares how to go about uncovering your own genius and why doing so will change everything how to recognize the symptoms of not being aligned, and her recommendation on what to do if you find yourself there. How she recognized that she stopped leading in her business and was only following and the effect that it had on her. She talks about her belief that strategically curating the qualified clients and customers you want is so much more effective than giant numbers. And She talks about what her life looks like now and how she's bringing her message to the women who need to hear it in its next phase. Allie is honestly the embodiment of everything I believe and discuss so often on this podcast. You're going to hear us riff back and forth. And I know you can't see me during this conversation, but I was literally nodding my head. Yes. The entire time. Like, yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) We believe that true success, true abundance, true business bliss happens when we stay aligned and plugged into who we are and what our gifts are instead of looking outside of ourselves for blueprints to dictate that for us and then take action accordingly. So sit back and honestly enjoy the hell out of this great conversation with Allie Brown. How you doing, girl? Hi, wonderful. It's great to be on here. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Congrats on the show. I could tell you really love this. I could just tell you love what you do. <laughs> I do love what I do. That was by design, but also by continuing to follow like, yes, I love this. Yes, I love this. Do more of this. Do more of this. I do. I love it. It's so cool. I love being able to use this show as like such a great way to 
get a message out there to so many women entrepreneurs who like need to hear these messages. You know, it's mm-hmm. I love podcasting for that reason. I know you and I can riff on the podcasting thing. You've had Glambition Radio for what, five years now too? Oh gosh, I think so. Four, five, yeah. Which has been an incredible platform. And by the way, if you don't currently subscribe to Glambition Radio, please do so. It's awesome. You have amazing women come on that show. I started that show and I think this segues into what we want to talk about today. So... I don't mean to jump in, but I'm used, yeah, to, doing, I'm used to doing the interviews. <laughs> this is so hard. Worry, I'll, put you, I'll, I'll take but, um, over when I need to. Don't worry. <laughs> I started that show as a pure passion project. And sometimes those turn into the best things you've done. I just love having amazing conversations with yeah. amazing women. And I remember at that time, I had this huge team and we were very ROI focused, you know, with these team calls and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I, I think I want to do a podcast. They're like, great. Here's the launch plan. Suddenly spreadsheets are coming. Like what's going to be the upsell, downsell, cross-sell? And I said, I want to do a podcast to do a podcast because I want to have amazing conversations with amazing women. And really that was a big turning point for me in getting back to what I really wanted, me personally, and allowing myself to align that genius work with where I wanted to take the business versus following the formulas. And it's been fantastic. So I just got goosebumps as you said that because that's exactly really the big message that I want you listening to get out of this conversation or at least what I want to lead with, which is how do we make sure that we're A, tapping into that genius and knowing what that genius is for us and using that as a guiding post to create the business that we want instead of the business that we're supposed to be doing. That's a big... Those are big questions. Yeah. Let's just start with like... (laughs) You talk about genius a lot. I really want to tune into like, how does somebody really tap into what is their genius as it relates to, well, they're obviously their whole life, but as it relates to their business? I'll give a little context on that too. So probably about seven years ago, I picked up a book by Gay Hendricks. It's called The Big Leap. And I have to say at that time, it didn't do much for me. It was like, oh, this is a nice coach book, you know, this kind of teaches you to do what you're good at and blah, blah, blah. And then I found it again a few years later, probably in 2015. And I picked it up and started reading it. And I cried because it really spoke to me at that time. And the premise of it is, I highly recommend you pick it up. It's a deceivingly simple read. If you're in like the first chapter and it's grabbed you, then that is the book for you. I actually mailed that to everyone attending my conference last week, Iconic, because... It was such a pivotal book for me. And so the the gist of it is that many of us... Look, if you're listening to the show, you're probably already pretty successful. You started a business. You're figuring things out. You've got an income coming in, right? Some of us get even higher than you're doing the multiple six figures and seven figures. And this thing is working. But what often happens is we actually get trapped in our own excellence. This was the concept that blew my mind that I could be trapped in my excellence and there was still a higher level waiting to be unlocked. And he calls that your genius work. He said, this typically happens to people in their late 30s, 40s, typically, not always, because that's usually the place where we were starting to peak or we're worried we've peaked. Sometimes we're like, was that it? (laughs) Was that it? What just happened? It's a few things. One is you may find things not starting to work as well as they used to, like literally in the business. But the second part of it is this vague unsatisfaction that there's something more. But I've identified for women, there's a lot of guilt around that, especially Mm. around what we've created. And so women will often put this off until it becomes a conversation that gives them permission to want something more. 
I mean, this is a loaded conversation, what we're having right now. But when it comes down to that excellence versus genius, excellence is the stuff that you're proven. Everyone expects from you, you're known for, your brand, your programs. You know, at that point, I was Allie Brown. I had Elevate, this huge program. I had huge events. It was the biggest. It was the best. And I'm thinking, how could I want something different? Is that fair? Is that fair to all these people? Is it fair to me? Is it selfish? But I started getting this calling and calling. Then I have no doubt this happened on purpose. God finally had me meet the right man and become pregnant with twins very quickly. Who does this happen to? <laughs> me. It happened to me. Ladies, be careful. I was 41. Okay, this could happen. So make sure it's the right guy. You know, that was a wonderful excuse to start making some changes in my business. And, but that genius factor, you know, genius work is what could you do all day? You lose track of time. What brings you the most fulfillment for the amount of time spent? I highly recommend you pick up the book because he leads you through some exercises that can be very eye-opening. You listening know this story already, but my big shift, I just went through a very similar shift of like, okay, beginning of 2018, business was looking a certain way. I knew what it was going to be. It was going to triple. Everything was going to be great. Happy to do the work. And then we found out we were pregnant in April. And that... totally shifted everything. I was like, hang on, a, hang on a second. I'm about to go into a new season of life. What are my values now? What does this mean? How does this look? I could choose to still do all of those things, but is that really what I want to do? And it mm-hmm. took a lot... I call it like my six weeks of silence. Like I kind of shut down for six weeks to get really quiet with myself and say like, what do I want? And what does a life with now two kids... And all of these other things that are still really important to me. What does that look like? And does it look like that path? And if not, Mm. now what do I do? Massive transformation has happened since then, which has all been wonderful. But it took really recognizing and for us both, like getting pregnant. And I'm sure like, okay, what does this now mean? Right? Right. And really doing that internal work. So I'd be curious to know, because as we do that, especially in those moments where you have like a forced probably experience where it forces you to kind of like reshift, right? Or rethink about something. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's sort of in this, maybe feeling that vague discontent, let's say that you talked about, or that vague, like, "Ah, I don't know if this is it and things are growing and they're just feeling that light sense of dissatisfaction. What do you do or what would you recommend or what have you seen that works for women to really get in touch so that they know then how to get to their zone of genius or whatever that entails. Like what is the right next thing to do? I would actually encourage, and this may be advice that's a little unusual, is that I don't think you should go meditate and journal and all this stuff. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's exactly what I usually recommend. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Here's why too. A lot of us, it's just this self, like we're breathing our own exhaust. We're sitting here all day and the same neuroses are going around. That's a great point. Something that I did on purpose is I desperately needed to get out of my industry because I didn't know what I wanted until I started to see some of it. For example, at that time, I was going to all the internet marketing events. You know, I was in this whole rah-rah-ree and all this launch stuff. And then it just became like this closer and closer and closed-in world. I started signing up for some things where people didn't know who I was. I could sit in the back of the room. I applied for some awards and programs that gave me entry into some amazing new circles of women. And it just changed my thinking. It changed my thinking 
I don't want to say to what's possible because I always dreamed big and, and, and had big visions, but it really just shifted literally how I thought. Like my OS started to change by being around these different women and men and people in these different industries. One of the best things you could do is go to an event that's not a usual event for you. Read a book that's not a usual book for you. Last spring, I did a creative strategy workshop and it was a whole weekend of creativity. And an exercise I told them too, I said, you know, when you're in the airport and those big newsstands, they have all the magazines, buy something you'd never read. Scientific American, guns and ammo. I don't know. Like (laughs) pick up something like you would never read. Just to get your mind out of how you typically think. And it seems like such a small thing, but we get so insulated within our communities and industries. And you know, the internet has been here to help us reach out, but it's very interesting. As we saw with the election, you know, we only get in our own echo chambers. Mm-hmm. And so I have many women coming to me who have already reached seven-figure, multiple seven-figure businesses. And it's fascinating because the first day we'll spend together is typically undoing a lot of the formulas they've learned. And once you can undo that, once you have different perspectives and ways of seeing things, it's going to change everything. I love that. So, so true. Maybe don't buy guns and ammo. I don't know where that came from. But I was thinking like, what would be a magazine like I would never, ever pick up? There was an exercise we did at the workshop. Actually, this was really funny. Everyone had to bring a magazine they, that they didn't think anyone else would read or buy one. Everyone had to go grab it at the table and come up with three ideas for their business from that magazine. And there were some strange things brought in the room. I don't know. There was a magazine on gourds. People are obsessed with gourds, I guess. There was different magazines on like, you know, motocross racing and all, and all this stuff. But really it was so fascinating because people were getting ideas from the copy, from the ads, from the way things were being sold. And just this stimulation, I see we're losing touch with that. Everyone is looking for the how-to. Yes. They're losing grip on the what if. I always say like if you keep chasing the blueprints out there, you've totally lost touch with what is possible. Blueprints are great. Don't get me wrong, but there's a time for them, right? Completely. And I think we as women entrepreneurs, what I see, and I know that you see this, is that we keep searching outwardly for the blueprint, the how-to, the six-step thing, right? And it's all good. However, specifically in these moments whether it's a moment that you know that you need to shift or just like you're in it and you're like, I want to keep on doing this better and more intentionally, you have to go internally and you have to go get out of those blueprints. You have to stop seeking the how-to and the information. You got to get into other spaces that open your mind up outside of what we are so surrounded by all the time. It's interesting because a lot of us left the traditional working world because we didn't like the structure. And then we left and recreated a whole structure around us. We went looking for other structures to plug into. Now, flip this from a marketing side, this is what people want, right? Most people want that. I made money for years off the online success blueprint. That was my seven-step system. We sold thousands of copies. I was the first took a woman. I listened to all these guys on stage. I'm like, no one's putting this together. And so I put this blueprint together and it worked and people loved it. And then I got bored with that. Formulas are great for getting started to getting to a certain point. They're great when you are looking for a solution to a specific problem in your business. Let's say, you know, I know we need to build leads and I want to do it this way. Well, then get the course on that. Get the formula on that, right? But it's this overall people thinking they have to build their business in a certain way that's blowing my mind. And I have a woman I talked to today, very successful MD, this woman, like very successful in her state, was creating this diet program. 
And she came to me and I realized that she had signed up for some launch things and course things because she thought this is how she's going to do it. On the phone call, I don't think she was that happy at the end because I kind of undid everything that she thought she's supposed to do. I'm like, no, 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 for this, this, you could do this. And I do think you need a book for this actually and do some media and you're not promoting the doctor thing enough. And I just spun her whole head amount. She's been throwing money into Facebook ads because that's what someone told her. Because that's a formula she's following. Exactly. And here's the thing. There is no right or wrong way to do this except for the one that works for you. And this is what people aren't being told. Which is why it becomes imperative to keep tuning in to who you are, Uh what is best for you in any particular season or moment of your life, surrounding yourself by really smart, I'm going to say women, really smart women who will help fill in some gaps and help reflect back to you. And then from there, take intentional action, right? Yes. Then go get the formula that you know that you need, but it has to come internally, right? Yeah. It has to be a decision. Yes. Right. Versus having it put upon you kind of thing. (laughs) So you talk about this moment where you get pregnant and you realize like, I got to rethink things, right? So how did you get into your zone of genius? And how did you see that impact revenues, that mm-hmm. impact your overall time that you were spending in your business yeah, and your overall impact? Yeah. Because this all sounds great, right? But it was... A friend of mine said, you know, a, a life-saving surgery in the middle of it always looks like a murder. And that's what this felt like. <laughs> Guts everywhere. Yeah, and ain't pretty. In the meantime, right? There was a flat line at one point. Like, a, you know, <laughs> it was just... It was crazy. So yeah, let's have the real conversation because... First, this happened at so many levels. And externally, I was seeing evidence also that this was probably the way to go. So let's look externally, what was working stopped working. And we saw this with when, when social came into, really started hitting, when would you say? I mean, it came out 2007, 2008, but really 2010, 2011, everyone's on there. And everyone's starting a coaching business. Everyone's launching courses. This all just started to accelerate. I knew there was a positioning problem when we started getting questions out of nowhere. We'd never had these questions before. People calling in saying, well, what's the difference between Allie's coaching and Allie's programs and this other gal with the really cool videos? And at first, our reaction was, well, let's just do cool videos. That'll solve the problem, right? The problem I made is I stopped leading and I started watching the market and we were just doing what we thought worked. We were reacting, doing bigger launches, cooler videos, the launch that put me on Xanax, one of them is known as. Working harder was not helping. Doing more was not the solution. And I knew at that moment it wasn't, but I didn't have a solution at that time. And so I was losing positioning because of the saturation in the market, right? The second thing was I was starting to get bored. I realized I have a creative cycle of about three years. It's something to think about. And it's a wonderful way to think about it because it gives you permission to move on. And I was creatively starved. Everything, like I joked about before the podcast, like everything had to be linked into the grand master plan and the team calls. And I realized I probably don't actually like being a CEO. And as I rebuild this business, I will probably adjust around that or have someone do that. It wasn't my joy. It wasn't my genius. And I didn't have a team that... My team... Let's, I want to say... Shout out my team. They were awesome. They did everything they were supposed to do. When I took maternity leave, actually, they created and sold a product without me, like that I didn't even know what it was. I mean, I just had That's to, I, mean, I had these twins coming. I'm like, I don't even know what you just launched. But the only, th- the only feedback I had, I said, I would not have picked that clip bar. And they're like, we knew it. Shit. 
like the stupid rocket or it was launched. If that's the rocket. only feedback you had. That's pretty good. It, it really was. I'd have to tell you, I didn't even look at it because I couldn't stomach it to see that something <laughs> went out, but it sold. And that was part of the hard part is they were so good. But then you start creating products and programs to feed the team, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, so, I'm wanting to start making changes and all this. So it was external symptoms. And then internally, I had this calling. But there's a lot of ego attachment to the person you've become in what you've built. I had to start questioning. And literally, in my mind, I would catch myself going, if I want to make these changes, who are people going to see me as? Are they going to see me as small? or a failure, or at that time, I was so connected to everyone in the industry that even like one rumor went around, I laid off like three people out of 20 within like a month or two. I was like, listen, there's just nothing happening in this department. Let's find you. Two of them, I helped start businesses. I mean, it was such a like natural, normal conversation. Suddenly out of nowhere, a few weeks later, I get a text from someone I haven't heard from a year saying, I heard you just fired your whole team. Is everyone okay? (laughs) And I'm thinking, see... People are not understanding how this really works. They're not looking at this as a long game. I've always seen my career as this arc and everyone's just looking at immediate numbers, immediate metrics, what they see on the screen, what they see on likes. And no one's really thinking through this. So it happened at a few levels. And then I looked at what is the work that brings me the most joy that I have access to right now? And it was working with the women at the higher levels. Like I work with leaders. If I'm not working with a leader it's just not going to click as well. I don't enjoy it as much. I don't help people in survival mode, struggle mode. But once they're at a level that they're self-sustaining and they're like on something growing, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Okay. Now, where can we go with this? What do you want to undo, redo, change? Where's your market going? Like, let's research all this. The problem was I fought that too, because in my mind, I'm thinking, wait, women doing a million plus, that alone in the country is only two to 3% of women business owners then take it down to the portion that I want to work with. And it's a very limited market. But if I change my model to suit that, it works quite beautifully. And so it was two years of this conversation in my mind. I'm just really getting your mindset around, no, there's plenty here. And there's plenty that I could do. And this is good work for me to do. Everyone talks about abundance mindset. And we think it's about making more money. Abundance mindset is very much also about risks believing in yourself, having faith in your ideas. It is not just the million dollar bill, the fake million dollar bill taped to your ceiling, right? And we're like abundance. And I'm thinking positive. That shit I went through is abundance mindset. Lying in bed at waking up at two in the morning going, what the fuck did I just do? Did I make the right choice? Was that my peak? Was that like my prom queen moment? Did I just walk away from the thing that was supposed to be it? But really trusting yourself. And every week, something magical would happen. The more I moved into genius, something magical would happen. Some new clients would come out of nowhere or like I just had a a great deal that I was working on. Suddenly I heard from the book agent that was my dream book agent. Like all this stuff started happening. When you cut off the other options, this is the part we don't like. I love the word decide because the Latin root of decide means literally to cut off. You have to walk away before the next door opens. And I hope I don't sound like... I don't want to encourage everyone listening to like blow up what they've created. This was years in the making. I want to emphasize that. I started this business. I started selling eBooks in 2001. So this has been a long time coming for me and a long time to learn where my power really is and helping a lot of women along the way. That's so understated as far as like that this is an evolution. 
that every little experience, trial along the way, all adds to who you are in this exact moment to be able to say this with confidence, with a sense of self, with a sense of like, I know. And belief because in that moment of deciding this is the one thing that I'm going to focus on, right? And I'm just going to go deep. That is almost walking away from everything that I just was getting your mindset around that, like getting your attitude around that because you're going to get flack from everyone else. So like you have to be the one who's the strength, right? Like you have to be the one who knows from the inside out. This yeah. Is- I forgot how to lead. Yeah. I was reacting. I was building things. I was creating, but I didn't really step into leadership and in probably until the last three years. Mm. Like really leading, really saying things that no one else was saying, really saying this is the way. And being okay if people don't understand that yet. Leaders are always ahead of their time. Truth is always first regarded as heresy. Mm-hmm. That's how I operate now. And it's fun. It's a much more fun place to be. So give a brief description of what your business model looks like right now. So we can... Yeah. Listening can really understand like, okay, she went from giant conferences and all these yeah. online trainings and doing all this sort of stuff. Like I remember seeing you being everywhere. <laughs> we hired acrobats. We rented out Tao, the nightclub. I mean, those were the days that we had a lot of fun. Don't get me yeah. wrong. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. My business is sound probably sounds so boring right now. I'm going to think of it. So there's three things I do. One is I have my premier group. This is my group, my women. I work with one-on-one mostly, but we also have meetings. And that's the premier group. These are my seven and eight-figure women. The second is I do VIP strategy days. So that is if people come in and want to work with me one-on-one, but they don't want an ongoing or need an ongoing arrangement. I have clients who do that maybe once a year. I'll give you price points in a second. I just realized you probably want that. And then third is I'm doing workshops, but I curate my audience. This is the biggest change I've made. This is the iconic event that you just had in Phoenix last week, right? Yeah. Premier 60,000. VIP days are 15,000. The workshops are around three grand typically. The thing I shifted in my events, because I was starting to get into workshops again, and I realized this is a whole different conversation than someone who is just getting started can have. And so I started doing application only for my workshops. That changed everything. I wanted a minimum revenue to come in the room. I wanted them to answer a few questions about their business. It was the opposite of the model before. It was like, bring 10 friends and your dog. We'll have a mastermind for the dog. If that makes money, we'll sell the mastermind for the dog. Literally, you remember, you've seen butts in the seats, right? Oh my God, just butts in the seats. And finally, you know, whose butts are these? Are these bodies? What's in the room? Some of these people... Looks like they came in for the free air conditioning. I don't know what, like, like what, what is going on? You know, where do these people come from? It's a flawed model. Typically, those types of events as well. I'll throw this in there. A little extra advice. This is how I roll. I hope this is okay with you. Girl, bring it. That's what this platform is here for. You don't want to go into an event owing money. Here's my advice. Like that whole low cost, get them in the door, selling coaching. It still works in some circles, but oh my God, why not just teach really good stuff and charge for it? And then people who want to work with you probably want to work with you while they're there. You know, they'll sign up. It's just rethinking the whole thing. And it's taken a lot of stress off the clients I work with, completely changed their businesses. One of them now, her conversion rate has gone up from under 10% to... It varies between event, but 50 to 75% because she curates who is in the room, right? They have to do pre-work with her to be in that room and invest to be in that room. It's flipping the whole model. 
which is fun. It's flipping the numbers that you're like the metrics that you're looking at, right? Like it's flipping like instead of quantity and I'll just take whoever comes. Yes. I'm going to curate quality and yeah. therefore ensure my success with that. So I think it's great advice right now. If you're deciding where to go, I would go higher end. I would go smaller groups, high touch. People are craving this because what they're seeing online is a lot of the courses that you know they can get involved with and learn virtually or the bigger events they can go to. But then they're asked to sign up for these high price coaching programs that they may not be ready for. And I think it's a sure bet if you want to do something right now regarding live events, I would do small event, high touch. That's my biggest advice. People are craving that. They're so desperate for that. That's where you can offer a huge value right now. Instead of pumping out products, You know, actually give people that high touch experience and work with them on the spot. I love that. So you have these three offerings that people can get from you. Obviously, by making that shift, let me just ask this question first. As you were making that shift and establishing that, now you're established, you've been doing it a while, you've got applicants coming in. But as you were in the process of saying, okay, here's what I love. Here's what brings me joy. Here's how that might look. Here's the package in which it is best fulfilled, right? What did that look like in the first few phases, let's say, of filling up those programs? Was it easy? Because now you were super clear on it. Was it like, okay, now I sort of need to present myself to the world a little differently? Like what was existing there as it was starting to go that Yeah. Way? From the moment I did the Wile E. Coyote, like, you know, yeah. am I dating myself? Okay. Some people, <laughs> oh my God. Some people younger have never watched like The Real Bugs Bunny and I'll make references to that. And I'm like, oh, oh you don't know, even know who Wile E. Coyote is. <laughs> There was one thing that continued really, and that was I already had a high-end group of women I was working with at the time, smaller group, and that transitioned into what it became. The change for me and the challenge was wasn't having the big events to sell the coaching anymore. So how was this all going to work? And I realized where I had to put all my bets was positioning and content and speaking more boldly and loudly because my audience, they're not really someone I can go target right? Facebook ads and LinkedIn. like I don't have a solution to a problem. What I have is a new way of thinking. And typically, if someone hears me, if they can hear me speak, that's why I'm doing more interviews these days. If they can hear me on stage, if they hear me on another show, if they hear my show, they're like, oh my God, no one's having this conversation. I want to hear more from you. Or I think you're finally the coach I want to work with. There was a big revenue drop, let's be honest here. I mean, I went from multiple, multiple, multiple millions of the revenues to then low millions. And then, but my, I have to tell you something, my net was nearly the same. My net was nearly the same. I want to point this out because yeah. we had so much money going out the door to fill the program, sustain the programs. This thing we built was working, but it took a, a lot more effort than it probably should have. And there are changes we knew we had to make that I didn't want to invest in better videos and all this stuff and a whole new platform and stuff. So it was hard ego-wise to see the revenue drop, thinking, who am I? Are people going to still want to work with me You know that I'm not doing all that? And, but the miraculous thing that happened is women started coming to me going, I'm watching what you're doing. This is so interesting. I think I want to work with you because I'm seeing what you're doing. You've simplified everything. You're speaking your truth more. It just seems like you really found your happy place. The best thing I could do, and really the only place that I was a category of one, is speaking continually to the seven and eight figure women, right? And making that the woman that I have in mind on the podcast, making that the woman I have in mind when I write an email, not apologizing for it, not, you know, I know I'm going to piss some people off, 
I've had some people say, oh, she's, she's elitist because she doesn't want to work with the beginners anymore. There are thousands of coaches who would be happy to work with you yeah. on other levels. Yep. I can't be everything to everyone. And if you want free, listen to the show, my blog posts, the people still follow because I'm like the aspirational brand now. I'm like the Chanel, right? <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> like a don't discount. And you typically come to me when you're ready. Like, yeah. you know, you're ready for a Chanel at some point. You have carved out your space in the industry for that. And it took a little while, yeah. right? It's interesting now because I'm thinking, what do we do to fill Premiere? The workshops help, but we don't, you know, we get a few new people at the workshops. I don't do a hard pitch. And in fact, if you come see me, I'll mention it a few times and say, come talk to us in the back if you're interested. But it's not like, <laughs> here's a success panel and, you know, all this stuff. I invented that model, by the way. I'm so sorry if you've sat through all these <laughs> success panels and you know it's coming on day two in the afternoon. This is what we did in 2008. It's just a different thing that, it's what I'm saying and the message I'm leading is bringing people to us. It's a different model. I'm not going to say this works for everyone. This is truly a thought leader model, but I'm truly being a thought leader. A lot of people talk about thought leadership, but they're not pushing the envelope. They're not yeah. saying things that no one else is saying. And somebody can get that. This goes to my belief that when you do the work to stand in your genius, you have something to say about it. And you have a platform to be able to say it. Yeah. And then you give people a way to be able to then engage with you. You got to be clear on that. You got to have that piece. Mm -hmm. They just come. I mean, it's so unscientific, but like they just come. And it's the perfect person. A real turning point. I don't know if you heard this episode. It was about a year and a half ago now, but it was called Stop the Online Insanity. And on that episode, oh, you will hear me rant on the industry. And actually, if you want to get attention and new clients, I think just go do the opposite of everyone in your industry right now. That episode came from a blog post in 2016, I, I believe. And that was me predicting the online launch bubble coming. And it was a blog post where I remember being very nervous posting it. And I'm thinking, I'm about to call out all this crap in my industry, how everything's become devalued, everything's a bestseller, like nothing means anything anymore. I likened it to the real estate crash of 2009 because everyone was coming in the game. Remember your crazy uncle Eddie was suddenly flipping homes. You're like, how are you buying these houses? <laughs> like yep. no one was checking ID at the door and nothing meant anything. Everything got devalued. And so I wrote very strongly about this and how you could work around this coming. And I knew I did something right. I remember hitting post and then being, you know, in the morning you wake up and you're like, oh my God, did I really post that? Yeah. And one of my old internet marketing friends texted me. She said, they're talking about you in the internet marketing forum. She's like, a lot of them don't agree. And I said, but they're reading it. And she said, oh, it's great. She's like, oh, there's a debate going on. Everyone's going to look at your site and commenting. And the biggest comment I kept hearing is this, I'm so glad someone's saying this. Then I did a, a show on it, just really calling all this out and how you need to do the opposite now of what everyone's doing out there. That's my best advice to get forward faster. So I would be curious to know, as you have stepped into your genius, as you have really consciously created the business that you want, the profits that you want, the lifestyle that you want, the clients that you want, continuing to evolve that, what does this mean for life outside of business. And I say that sparingly because I feel like women like us don't have that distinction. Like it's all part of the same thing of this yeah. called things that we love, right? So, but I would be really curious to know like what does your life look like now and how has this shift into really going an inch wide and a mile deep? It's a great question because I'm I'm flashing back even to 5 years ago. 
Oh, you know what actually happened the other day? Do you ever open up your calendar and then you search for something random and suddenly you're going back? <laughs> you're like, I used to do that. I pulled up a week of my life from 2010. And you know what it looked like? I called starting at eight in the morning. Oh. Barely fit in things to do. It was LA. So, you know, I didn't want to leave my house much anyway. The traffic was crazy. <laughs> it was just crazy. But the crazy thing was, you know, my life started to change. And I remember not consciously changing the, that, how that was set up. So I remember once I kind of retook control of my schedule again, and, and when I was here with Brett and the kids, and I realized, my gosh, you know, I don't want to start calls till 10 a.m. because then I go exercise. And I don't want to do calls past 4 p.m. because that's my time with my kids or a nap or a walk or something. So I really got back to, and I have to do this with my clients because we forget, we forget that we're in charge of this. It's quite bizarre. I'm married to an Australian. So what's great is that comes with built-in travel benefits. So we go to Australia once or twice a year. You know, it's interesting you say life outside the business, but I feel like it's all connected, but it's in this great way. Brett works with me now. And that really helps us operate as a team. Mm. And it's an interesting conversation at Iconic. This blew my mind. I said, if you work with your partner, your partner works in your business, raise your hand. I would say two thirds of the room. Really? Yeah. And they're supporting her. She's the breadwinner. I'm like, wow. I just had to take it in. That's so cool. But what I loved for that about our marriage was when he was working at a job he took, because I wanted to move to Scottsdale. I just, it's so nice here to slow down and actually have a, have land and like, you know, a real house and all that without the city stuff. So he took a job down here. I could tell it, it just didn't light him up. It was a decent job, but he wasn't thrilled about it. When we'd made the decision that he would stay home with the kids for a year when they were like two or three, which is a magical age. And I know that helped them so much. And then he came in to work with me in the business. We operate now as a team before it felt like kind of me versus you and whose time's more important, who's making more money and who gets home at five and who's here during the day. And it just changed everything. What's amazing is giving myself this space now is where I've been able to receive the bigger vision for what I really am creating now, which I'm excited to probably will be launching fall 2019 is what's being worked on behind the curtain. I'm kind of like Apple. No one's going to know until it comes out. And my book and all these things that I know are critical to that next level for me, but I didn't have time for. So... We have a great life here. Like we're members at a, a beautiful five-star hotel spa here. So I go work out there in the morning. Brett's at golf right now. He doesn't like me saying golf. He's like, people just could think I golf all day. I'm like, they know you don't <laughs> golf all day. He golfs like once a week. We're just so happy right now. Yeah. We're really, really in a great place. And the twins are five. They're in kindergarten, which still blows my mind. But they're at that age that I brought them to the event. They helped with registration. Oh, I love that. By the way, you, kids are a good little write-off. When they get older... <laughs> You can deduct up to $12,000 a year tax-free for their pay. What? Set up bank accounts for them. Talk with your accountant. I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> Have them learn about your business. Yeah. We're really making this a family business. They were there helping with name tags and organizing books and things. And I think that's when it really hit me because they're at an age now. They're understanding. Yeah. I want them to see us living out loud. I want them to see... It makes me just, you know, a little emotional. I was like, I want them to see that their mom really left a lasting impact on the people that are around me and on the world. Like it's a bigger game to me now with them in my life. Yeah. I love that and totally understand that. What is that next level for you? What is that next phase for you? And how do you stay plugged in 
to make sure that you're always evolving. I'm not a big believer like that there's this end point that we hit our high point and then we're done. Yeah. And I know that you don't believe that either. So what are you doing to constantly get you in the space of what else? What next? It's important because otherwise, you know, you do go day to day and, and this stuff's all great, but like the a whole week will go by and you'll be like, oh, wow, I didn't work on that big idea that's on the wall. Like, cause I'm working with my great clients and all this stuff. And it just goes by. So I know the last few years for me have been about deciding what is the, there's a reason I haven't done a book till now and I'll share why and why it's time. So the reason why is, you know, usually you do a book to gain the audience to do, you know, and I didn't really need that. I kept coming back to, but I have the audience and I'm making all the money and, you know, I don't want more work. <laughs> like yeah. don't make me work for no money. Like that doesn't make sense. I want instant gratification. <laughs> <clears throat> but something shifted the last year and I realized every woman who has been in business at least a few years who hears this message that I'm preaching now, they're changed. They're like, holy crap. And I'm like, women are still following all this. I call it the boss, girl, bitch, badass, babe stuff. Okay. Yeah. That is empowering. It helps women maybe get started, right? But they don't understand there's another level. And that's why I call it iconic. Like, what if you stop focusing on being enough and start focusing on your iconic work in the world? Like, women are not thinking at a sophisticated enough level. They're still like, you go, girl, boss, babe, whatever <laughs> stuff, yeah. right? And again, let's have fun with that. Like, I built my business on that. You know, it's, it's, I have a feeling. There's a higher level for you. If you're listening to this, there's something epic that you're working on. It may not involve some of the stuff that you've learned and the formulas you've learned. So that book is going to get out there. And it, it's a combination of some of the stuff we talked about today, about tapping into that genius work, your iconic work, and also the things that women need to think a little differently than we have. We still have very much a survival pack mentality that subconsciously holds us back. So it's going to go into a lot of that stuff, which is fascinating. Mm. I finally hired someone to help me with the book. I needed someone to help drive it when I can't drive it. I wasn't fighting it before, but it just wasn't a conscious decision. Yeah. So now it's moving forward. The bigger idea, what I can say is it's going to provide... It's not coaching. I will say that. It's going to provide a platform that some women really need right now that they don't have access to. That's what I can share. Ali, I love everything that you stand for. I love the space that you have stepped into to truly lead. I love and totally connect with the message that you are out there preaching right now. And I think so many of us need to hear that and need to connect with that and need to see and feel and experience that this isn't just about hustling to make a buck in our business. It's so much more than that. And there are levels even beyond that. And if you continue to do the work internally to follow how you do things so uniquely and beautifully and in your own sense of genius, like there's so much intuitive knowledge there to be able to follow. So I highly encourage you listening to make sure that you get Ellie's book when it comes out, as soon as it comes out, follow what she's doing. I am a thousand percent in line with your message and want more and more women to hear this. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and for sharing your message here with us. You're so welcome. And my biggest wish is that each of you listening find, you have to find the way that works for you. There's not one best way. If someone's telling you this is the only way to do it, that's a lie. We are here to create the new models. And so my biggest wish is that you create the best model for you. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.